Hey man, the Michigan hat. Do you have anything really big that you can put in my creative opening? Oh yes, I do. <laughs> Just that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> To Frustration Nation, presented by Shoot Your Shot Sports. We are the FN podcast for FN fans of FN sports teams. Every episode, we explore the heartbreak, horror, and humiliation of what it means to be a diehard fan. I'm your pessimistic host and Chicago fan, Furious George, and I'm here with my miserable co host and Detroit fan, Man in the Michigan Hat. Man in Michigan Hat, what is going on today? So last week, you, Furious George, were gloating about Chicago sports. The Cubs are in the playoffs. The Bears are 3-0. The Bulls have, fi- have hired a new head coach. Uh, also, I was excited. The Lions coming off a win. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Welcome back to Earth, loser. Shut up, man. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, should we just get right into it then? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> All right. You want to start or me? <laughs> I feel in both I'll of us start. have a lot to say. I'll, I'll start. Yep. So I'm gonna. we have a lot to say about football, obviously, listeners, if you don't know us by now. But before I do that, I want to first talk about something that's not football related, and that is my keyboard on my laptop that I use for these episodes. Uh, for some reason, the N has stopped. It doesn't. It hasn't stopped working. But have you ever gotten a key on a keyboard to the point where, like, it, you have to hit it in a certain way or, like, like at from a certain... one side or the other? <laughs> yeah, or, like, hit it firmly or something to get it to show up? Yeah. Well, that's the case it is for the N. And it's just very frustrating when you run a podcast called Frustration Nation and there's three N's in the name of our podcast. <laughs> that's funny. It's, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, it is pretty frustrating. Um <laughs> So, uh, that's I'm pretty pissed about that to start. There's two uh, ends and lions win too, but you don't have to type that as much. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, one name I did I have typed a lot between Twitter and planning this episode was Naggy, but I'll get <laughs> yeah. I'll get into that in my effing idiot. So maybe you're spoiler. pushing N too hard every time you type his name, and that's why it's stuck. <laughs> Naggy. <laughs> Um, well, why would you be Nick upset? <laughs> yeah, what is what's happened that uh, would cause you to be so upset? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> so, this game, this Bears Colts game that we had on Sunday, what a what a treat to the audience that got this flex to the afternoon game. Mm-hmm. What you know, it really matched the theme of the day. Pretty much every game that day was a shootout with scores in the upper twenties to upper 40s and the bears colts game was just like that with the final score of 19 to 11 so mm. besides the fact that it was super low scoring and honestly pretty boring and pretty awful football to watch the bears just to sum up everything that went wrong missed opportunities mm. and to me the bear i don't know you had an opportunity to come out 
Matt Nagy with your guy, Nick Foles, the guy you wanted in the offseason because he, quote-unquote, knows the offense. You have the opportunity to come out with him, show this is what my offense looks like. And you came out, and I know you're missing Tariq Cohen, but that is one dude who takes, like, maybe a third, if he's lucky, of the snaps. Maybe not if he's lucky, but probably, like, a third of the offensive snaps you play that day. Yep. And so, basically, what I'm saying is you can survive without Tariq Cohen. And you are you bring out – you're running an offense that looks the same as 2019. And uh, it's just frustrating. And the mm-hmm. I talked about missed opportunities. So not only did you have an opportunity on offense to come out and to make a statement against a really good Colts defense, you also had an opportunities on offense uh, that were not executed, namely Anthony Miller, who I'd like to call out. Hmm. The dude is like in college he was known for his hands. Well, in the NFL – he might as well just saw his hands off. <laughs> Jeez. Because. <laughs> Play with not... fireworks like. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Or be. Uh, is it Shaquille Griffith? Wait. What's his name? <laughs> the, uh, the one of the Griffin brothers. Or one hand Griffith. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he can be one of their brothers. <laughs> um, just have a little nub there at the end. <laughs> you can catch with that. Yeah. A little nub, if you know what I mean. Um, I do know it. <laughs> but uh, the dude, he made an amazing game-winning catch week one against the Lions. Yep. And then he he also had a game-winning catch against the Falcons. But you know what? He missed a touchdown. He dropped a touchdown catch against the Falcons. He dropped a touchdown pass against the Giants. And he dropped two critical third down passes in the fourth quarter for the mm. bears and one resulted in an interception because he he dropped it and it bounced up in the air mm. like it hit him in the hands and deflected up in the air and that's frustrating more on missed opportunities khalil mack has a it, i rarely have anything to complain about with khalil mack but he has an intercept a, a tipped ball fly up and hit him right in the numbers and he has it in his bread basket and just let slip through his arms. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't know if that's one of those things as a defensive player where he immediately starts thinking about how he's going to score, you know, like looking down the field already. Yeah. yeah like, all right, how do I get in the end zone? Watching, but yeah. Yeah. And then Roquan Smith made an awesome play on a ball to get what was called an interception on the field. But unfortunately his foot stepped out of bounds as he was securing the ball. So, to just sum up everything, it was just a very sloppy, poor game and a lot of really just missed opportunities. But yep. what I'm realizing as I'm saying all this is that that's not even what I wrote down in my notes here for the vent sesh. I wrote Bears Twitter. So <laughs> let me talk about Bears Twitter for a minute, yep. if you don't mind. I know I've already been going for no, a while. No, go for it. Keep going. I'm – look, in a – <laughs> There's never a better year to notice hypocrisy in people than an election year. And it's like, (laughs) whether it's politics or sports, literally anything. I feel like Twitter has helped. If you never believed that humans are naturally hypocritical, Twitter really helps expose Mm -hmm. that. And uh, 
there are just so many people who were just ruthlessly railing on Mitchell Trubisky. And I know I'm a, I have called myself a Trubisky truther, but to be honest, as I've kind of evaluated myself more, I feel like I'm just a Trubisky, I'm Trubisky truther just because I'm, I have a realistic outlook on things. And yeah, you're I not always, a blind supporter. You just looked at it objectively. Yeah. Either and good I or always bad. thought, yep. I always thought that he was unfairly criticized for things Mm-hmm. And all the time, like if if Mitch Trubisky played this game against the Colts, all you would have heard today from the radio and on Twitter from all the experts is the kid just doesn't have it. Yeah. Um. The Bears need to start over, find a new solution at quarter at quarterback. Um. Matt Nagy has schemed the schemed the field wide open for all these different plays. Mitch overthrows. Mitch underthrows. Mitch should have had a pick here. Should have had a pick there. Mm-hmm. It's always. Mitchell Trubisky did this, he did this, he did this. And there was rarely ever any there's really rarely ever any examination of any other part of the offense that maybe was contributing yep. to this. Now, to be fair, there was some criticism of the wide receivers in the past few weeks because of Anthony Miller drops and Anthony and Allen Robinson getting the ball ripped out a couple times. Right. Um but aside from that, all I saw today, after Nick Foles played the same kind of game that we've seen Trubisky play before, all I freaking saw today on Twitter was, well, Nick, you know, uh, Matt Nagy called a really poor game for Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you know, the, the offensive line had their worst game of the season. They didn't help Nick Foles out at all. Receivers didn't help him out, you know, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the running game didn't work, so it was all up to Nick Foles in the passing game. And it's just like, I understand mm-hmm. every game is different, and I understand that, I think the biggest caveat here is just that Nick Foles, this is his first start of the season. I think yeah. that's your biggest caveat. Agreed. But yeah. all the other stuff happened every game Mitchell Trubisky played too. I'm confident of that. Like, not maybe not every game, but the games that looked like this, that Nick Foles played, yeah. Mitchell Trubisky had that too. You had plenty of Trubisky games where the running game was going nowhere, where the offensive line was giving hardly any time for the quarterbacks. And Trubisky makes the offensive line look better than they actually are because he's a mobile quarterback. And uh, you have receivers dropping ball, and you have plenty of op- plenty of examples from the past where Matt Nagy does not help Mitchell Trubisky um, by calling smart plays. Just to sum up, I, I'm just fed up with people, and I, and this is not even just fans. These are like actual commentators, writers, bloggers for the mm-hmm. Bears, podcasters that are out on Twitter that I I could go just to last week when they were playing the Falcons and pull up some tweet that they're ripping apart Mitchell Trubisky. And then this week when Nick Foles is doing the same thing, he even had a worse game in my mind, the Mitchell Trubisky's game against the Falcons. And you – and they, they're saying ju- exactly the opposite. There's, there's like, no blame on Nick Foles. Hmm. And everyone now is like, look, you need to give him a month to adjust. Like, we won't know, really know who Nick Foles is until November. And to me, I'm like, then why the frick – like, okay, I didn't know that. I didn't know as a fan that we would have to wait until November to really see what we have. Like, I understand he needs starts. I didn't know we were going to wait a full month. Especially Why? when he's been in the league longer than Trubisky. 
Yeah. And the why whole the, reason he was paid big money is because you're supposed to know what you have already. And why the heck? Why the heck did we? If that's the case, if we don't know for a whole month what we have, then why the heck did we switch quarterbacks when we were two and zero with Trubisky? Yep. I. So I was fine with the switch. I supported it, and I think I still do because I'm I'm curious to see what happens. I would just like the hypocrisy to be put in check a little bit. Yep. And for the, you know, twenty. 20 downloads or so that we get per episode hopefully you listeners can help me put twitter in check all 20 of us can make the, the world change <laughs> every wave starts with a ripple so that's right yeah that's what she said <laughs> i don't know yeah. it makes sense if you think about it <laughs> it's yeah. a fat chick okay <laughs> yeah uh, well speaking no of, i agree speaking of fat patricia's do you have yeah so what do you got for me we'll talk about the game a little more later so it's not even about the game which as annoying as several parts of it were at this point has become so predictable that i wasn't even that upset by the loss (laughs) the comments afterward from patricia okay so what i'm gonna do just like just like the the bears game the loss you're like was heartbreaking but you kind of took it but the comments Yep. about the Malcolm Butler play in the Super Bowl. I think I have one of the best fourth quarter play yeah. calls ever, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. It's just okay, here's oh, Okay, dude. <laughs> he made this comment. I'm going to play this audio. I don't know if it comes through on the mic. Um, but you're going to be able to hear a reporter asks him a question and I'll play part of his answer. Why should people still believe that you're the right coach to turn this around? Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, Mike, that's a you know hard question. Obviously, we just lost to the Saints. You know, I mean, let's just give them credit for this game. They played extremely well, and uh, I know we got a lot of work to do. Um, certainly, I think when I came to Detroit, there was a lot of work to do, and that's what we're trying to do. Um, but, uh, you know, talking about this year right now, we're talking about- All right, so I'll just cut it off there. I don't know how clearly you could hear that, but Patricia says, when I came to Detroit, there was a lot of work to do. So this has caught tons of attention from uh, Detroit sports commentators, analysts, personalities, because that was one of the most idiotic things to date that he said in a press conference. If you're not a Lions fan or can't remember, when Matt Patricia was hired, he inherited a team coached by Jim Caldwell that had just went nine and seven. Not that that's a huge contender or an amazing record, but nine and seven. Patricia has nine wins in three years. He said he had a lot of work to do. Well, clearly you haven't been doing anything. Or it, Basically, my frustration is you weren't brought in to completely reinvent and rebuild this team. This team was a step away when you inherited it. You were supposed to come in and make adjustments, make the team better, and take us to the next level, not tear it down and rebuild it. I don't know what you were told or what you told the owners when you were hired, but that shouldn't have been your job responsibility. We weren't coming off a three-win season like the one you just had this last year. So, no, there wasn't a lot of work to do until you came in and decided to completely reinvent things and turn it into Patriots 2.0. So, yeah, if that's what you think you needed to do, then, yeah. But that wasn't what we wanted as fans. And if the owners wanted that, then they were clueless. So super frustrating. People have asked him about it again afterwards and said, what did you mean by that? And his comment today was, 
oh, well, I always just say there was a lot of work to do, <laughs> meaning like I didn't really mean anything by it. Well, what that tells me is that your your answers in the press conference are just coach speak. You ha- well, so you, Yeah, they are. Yeah. It means that you said that and didn't even mean anything by it. That's even worse because I'm tired <laughs> of hearing the same thing from you over and over again. And then when you say something that could be taken as a controversial and bold statement, even if I disagree with it, then you backtrack and say, oh, I, I, that's just something I would have said anyway. Yep. Then, okay, so now you're telling me your answers actually aren't thought out, aren't specific to that game, and you're just blurting out the same things game after game. Cool. So... He continues to try to – he has this attitude and thought that he's the smartest guy in the room. And I can handle the losses. As a Lions Well, he fan, has a I'm pencil in his ear. Oh, yeah. So he must know what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. Very, Very studious. Scholarly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's I – c- I can handle the losses. I've been handling the losses ever since I've been a fan. Mm-hmm. But what I can't handle – is the kind of coaching that shows you have no direction, no clue, no self-awareness. At least with Caldwell, I disagreed with a lot of his in-game decisions, but he was liked and respected by players. He continued to put out a competent team. He had good records. So I agreed with us firing him, but throughout his tenure, I at least knew that he had some sort of plan. Patricia has no clue what he's doing. And he continues to display that through the idiotic answers he gives in press conferences and the constant um, Belichick-isms, you know, just the things he spews out that he doesn't know the meaning to. It's just he says it because that's what he's heard. If Belichick – yeah, I mean, Belichick can say whatever he wants because he has a resume that shows that it doesn't matter what Belichick says or does. Belichick can look like a white trash grandpa with his sleeves cut off. Yep. And – it doesn't matter because he he's won six Super Bowls. <laughs> right. And everybody just says, yeah, he just doesn't get along with the media. That's just who he is. But like yeah. you said, that doesn't matter if you win. Yeah. You can do whatever you want if you win. Yep. But if you lose and somebody comes to you for answers, if you lose, then you better be good with the media. Because yeah. then you need to explain yourself. You need to give reasons I, why things aren't coming together. And he can't do either. So. I mean, I think Matt Patricia... <laughs> with being bad with the media like that would even be forgiven even if this team was even just slightly above 500 like if you're looking at a nine and set like yeah nine and seven which is where it started with Mm -hmm. i don't think you're gonna face as much criticism for that you know what i mean yeah but you can't be a terrible team that's clearly needs to be a rebuilding team yeah. and be bad at the media because rebuilding teams have to answer questions as well, far as to be what honest direction you, do you want to go, what's happening, you know. This is part of my problem and I with the Bears too, is all I see and going back to Bears Twitter, all I see is people being like, Well, Matt Nagy wasn't able to pick his quarterback. You know what? Matt Nagy did pick his quarterback, and it was while he was still working at Kansas City, and his name is Patrick Mahomes. And now Matt Nagy mm-hmm. got hired. He chose to take the head coaching job knowing Mitchell Trubisky was the quarterback he was working with. And, again, I'm not I'm not a Mitch Trubisky truther to the point that some people are. I'm not a conspiracy theorist about Mitchell Trubisky, the people that are like, oh, well, Matt Nagy sabotaged his career on purpose and all this stuff. But the talk Matt Nagy's in his third year coaching the Bears. We need to stop talking about how Matt Nagy doesn't have his – quarterback because you know what probably isn't going to happen 
especially when you start three and one. Like at this point, you need to end up losing the rest of your games this season if you really want a shot at Lawrence or Folds. Field mm-hmm. fe- Folds. I don't want Folds. Fields. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, let's continue the football talk and get into this big news. So. Manchester United signed forward Edinson Cavani, mm. which sounds to me like a men's cologne. Cavani. <laughs> Cavani. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what are your thoughts about that big uh, that big move, man, Michigan hat? Well, going back to real football, um, Bears and Lions again just played wait, this wait, Sunday. Wait, 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 wait. That was real football, European football, right? Oh, yeah. I have no thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any anything you'd like to share? Anything you've been thinking through? Yeah, my thoughts are that um Yeah, no, I don't have anything. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I would, I, my thoughts are that I would rather gouge both my eyes out with a soccer ball than watch soccer. <laughs> that would be difficult, but a very vivid image. Thank you. <laughs> If you had had a deflated soccer ball where it's, like, curved on the inside, you could kind of try to scoop it out. That's what she said. Or you'd have to to get hit really hard in the back of the head to get it to pop out. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Which is also what she said. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, that being said, that was our soccer discussion. For fans of soccer who yeah, listen. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, tune in in another month to hear us mention soccer again for a minute. Yeah, so. I think it's our second soccer mention ever because we mentioned the MLS had a tournament at one point <laughs> during, <laughs> during the, the pandemic. <laughs> Back when we didn't have any sports to talk about, we still couldn't yeah. talk about. <laughs> we still didn't talk about it, though. We, no. yeah, we're, we just mentioned it. Oh, the MLS is having a tournament. All right, cool. moving on. Yeah. <laughs> so well, uh, moving yeah, on again <laughs> real real football america real quick on soccer let me just say this <laughs> okay i hate soccer because when i was a kid and i would go try to play now to be fair i i'm not the type of person that would be good at soccer let's just say that about my body type <laughs> but at the same time i would go and play with friends who are like oh yeah let's play soccer and i i would I'm slow, so they'd always be like, well, how about you be the goalie? Yeah. Well, that's a good way to help somebody that doesn't like soccer to hate soccer even more. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, hey, you know how you're really slow? Why don't you just stand here? <laughs> you know how you hate playing <laughs> soccer? Let's just kick the soccer ball at you for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, f- furthermore, I remember saying, like, someone asked me, why do you not like soccer? And I was just like, I like football be- because it's it's contact and i like the tackling and all this stuff and their response i I got this response from them and from friends and cousins they would be like well there's tackling in soccer okay (laughs) sliding at somebody's feet to take them out from under them is not what i meant by tackling (laughs) i meant taking my arms wrapping my arms around them and giving them a big smooch on the face no i'm just Mm. kidding (laughs) taking them down to the ground driving their shoulder into the ground breaking their collarbone yep and making them hate their family good times oh, wait. am i referring to <laughs> someone specifically yeah. <laughs> no it's pretty general description <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, yeah 
just never been like the closest I get to liking soccer is I like ultimate frisbee. So you get some of the same like passing, moving down the field. So like okay, I, homeschooler. I, <laughs> right, I do get some of the appeal of why people like. It's why one of those things homeschool? where I get the appeal. <laughs> I just it's not for me. But man, it's just like I've never once enjoyed playing soccer. Yeah. Yeah, me either. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. speaking of real football. <laughs> yep. So, honestly, I gave way more of my thoughts about the Bears game than I planned on in the fence sesh because I misread my notes <laughs> and I started talking about the actual game yeah. instead of Bears Twitter. So, any further thoughts I have? I have thoughts about Matt Nagy and his play calling, which was major problematic, majorly problematic. I have that actually reserved for our FN idiot later this episode, so you'll hear that mm. then. Mm-hmm. But if there's anything else to really comment on about this game, uh, the the Colts might be for real. Um, at mm. least their defense. The offense, either the Bears' defense is still actually really good, which I believe that it is and is improving, but the the Colts' offense just did not does not look special at any in any way yeah but this Colts team looks a lot like the 2018 Bears where you have Mm -hmm. yeah an offense that can score at least a little bit and if they can't they have a dominant defense and yep everyone criticized the Colts for having a the number one defense because they had played the Jaguars the Vikings and uh Help me. Who was the last one? The, the Jets. Mm, yep. And so people were like, oh, yeah, well, they have the top defense because they played those teams. Well, yeah, but, I mean, they played they played the Bears now, and the Bears, whether you like it or not, world, the Bears are a step up from those teams. <laughs> yep. And the Bears, frankly, did play pretty well. I saw a stat line earlier that the Colts' defense held all of – the uh, teams prior to the Bears, uh, like under a hundred and like eighty yards passing, and mm-hmm. uh, under like seventy yards rushing or something like that. The Bears had an awful rushing day. They only rushed for twenty eight yards, but yeah. they passed for like two hundred forty yards. So okay. you you really penetrated the secondary. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, you you really played very effectively against them, evidently, mm-hmm. and. That's there's something to be said about that, and also everybody talks about the Colts' vaunted offensive line led by Quentin Nelson. Yep. And the Bears had pressure on Rivers all day. They didn't have the sack numbers to put up for it, but they had pressure, affected throws and stuff. Yeah. All day long. Yeah. So yeah, the Bears. I think if I, I guess at this point I vented about it, so I'm just gonna be kind of positive from this point out. I think there's a lot of positive things to take from this game for as ugly of a game as it was. And I think <laughs> the best thing for the Bears is games like that where it's sloppy, ugly, there's a lot of mistakes that are made or, as I said, missed opportunities earlier. It's easy for those to weigh down on you for the whole week. But for the Bears, they play this Thursday, so they get to turn around right away. You have like no time to really even stew on what went on in that game. You just turn around and play a new game. Mm-hmm. And frankly, it should be th- their game plan should be pretty similar because you have basically the same kind of quarterback in mm-hmm. Tampa Bay and Tom Brady as you did with the Colts with Phillip Rivers. Yep. So you you should have the same defensive game plan. 
against a, a theoretically worse offensive line and a worse defense with your offense hopefully coming out with a new scheme. So I think mm-hmm. uh, somebody on Twitter that I'm I follow referred to this as maybe the Bears wake up call game like hey, you guys need to wake up and realize how lucky you were to be 3 and 0 after those first 3 games and that this this game, this loss, there's a lot of flaws in your game and you need to fix this. Mm-hmm. And I think I think they will. I I actually have a lot of confidence that the Bears will beat the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. I have more faith the Bears will beat the Buccaneers at Soldier Field on Thursday than I do them beating the Panthers in Carolina. Really? In a week and a half, yeah. Just based on matchups, actually, yeah, I might I might agree. Yeah. So, but either way, if the Bears want a shot at the playoffs, they need to come out of the these first six games at least at four and two. Mm-hmm. I think the Bears can beat Carolina. I think the Bears could end up five and one after these first six. I really do. Oh yeah, yeah. They're all winnable games. Definitely winnable. Yep. Yeah. So, sure. uh, but yeah. So that's kind yeah. of my observations. I guess is for anyone else facing the Colts, which the Lions will later this season. Yep. Uh, I do think the Colts are for real. So yeah, the Colts are probably the defense Matt Patricia has always wanted to coach. <laughs> the defense that he thinks I'm smart enough to coach, but it's everyone yeah. else's fault that I don't have that defense. Yeah. yeah. So, do you have any other Lions thoughts? Yeah, you don't so, have to be positive like I was. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, same old script, right? Up by 14 in the first five minutes. In every game we lost this year, we had double-digit leads. That's um, amazing. Yeah, that's not a, the word I would have chosen. <laughs> I mean, no, <laughs> Like, no, incredible, yeah. kind of, like, yeah. Or awesome. Like, you're literally in awe by how horrible that is. Yeah. So, and it's just... You go up 14 nothing in the first five minutes, and as a Lions fan sitting there, I was still 100% sure we were going to lose the game. Or at least I was no more confident in a win than I was when, before kickoff. I was just like, okay, 14 nothing. Like, it Saints get the ball at halftime. Saints are definitely going to score on this first drive. Well, instead, the Saints scored on their next five consecutive drives, scored touchdowns. Can- 35 points unanswered. Um, I couldn't believe that. I could. I mean, I mean. <laughs> You know, right, right. Again, it's incredible, right? Yeah, like, yep, yep, yeah. And then same thing. After that, we, they don't score again. Lions make it close. We go on a couple drives and bad play calling. We just kind of run out of time. Um, and then at the end of the game, defense folds and gives up two third down conversions so they can run out the clock. So nice. I mean, really, the game wasn't that surprising. Just the constant roller coaster of up big, they go on a huge run, then we make a comeback. Like it yeah. to me, it just points to inability to adjust and poor yep. coaching, um, which I've said the past several weeks. If you listen to the show, um, going up, getting up to a lead, and then getting mauled after that is a sign of poor coaching. One thing I will highlight. Patricia wants to talk about this team needed a lot of work and I've got a lot of, there was a lot of things that needed changed. If you're the defensive genius to, in my mind, defense starts with a pass rush and we have not had a pass rush the entire, really going back to even Caldwell, that was kind of a, a weakness, but the whole time Patricia's here, they haven't even tried to get a pass rush. And this goes to Bob Quinn too. Um, So looking back at our draft picks, the last time we drafted a defensive lineman in the first round was Ziggy Ansah in 2013. Hmm. Um, drafted fifth overall out of BYU. So I remember that name, but I don't remember him being on the Lions, honestly. Well, was he, he was not memorable. No. He okay. was it was just a not a great fit. He was very underwhelming. So wouldn't that mean you'd look to replace him? Like find 
yeah, good right. offensive lineman. So we ended up paying a boatload of money to Trey Flowers, former Patriot, which obviously means he's this amazing player, right? Um, but yeah, apparently the only players we can sign are former Patriots. So yeah. we pay him tons of money, and this year he has more roughing the passer penalties. The, the Lions than and the sex. Buccaneers. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, the Detroit Patriots. Um, yeah, he has more roughing the passer penalties than he has sacks this year. Last year, he also was not good. Um, and so yeah, that's the best we have to show. The so we drafted defensive line in 2013. Since then, in the first round, our first round picks have been tight end, guard, offensive tackle, linebacker, center, another tight end, and a quarter a cornerback. Um, so yeah, that's not going to do it. And against a team like the Saints, they already want to work fast, short passes, uh, quick, yeah, quick routes, quick gains. But actually, Drew Brees had a ton of time in the pocket without being pressured. To then, when those routes were covered, if you had a pass rush, they were covered long enough. You could have put more pressure on him and really had a chance in that game. But the fact then he had time to go back to reads again. Um, this is a game. Remember Michael Thomas being out. They're missing some weapons yep. on offense. Drew Brees had never won a game without Michael Thomas. Yep. Like, since Michael Thomas has been playing with him. Mm-hmm. Never won a game without Michael Thomas until this week. Yeah, and there's a reason for that. He's a huge part of their offense, and he's his safety blanket on those quick, a lot of those quick routes. And without him and without a pass rush, you're giving Brees way too much time, and he has way too much experience. Um, so it, that was just one thing I wanted to point out as far as this isn't just on Patricia and the way he calls games. Yep. It's on Bob Quinn too for the team he's put together. Um, really, I see them as a, like a package deal. So I guess that'll kind of end my thoughts on this game. The outcome wasn't surprising. I was very upset by Patricia's comments afterwards, and this just highlighted some of the issues with the way this team's been put together. And if Patricia and Quinn are ever fired, we're gonna that next coach is gonna come in with a lot of work to do because these guys have been trying to build a very specific kind of team using certain players, former Patriots, like they're building, they're trying to build a unique system. So the next guy who comes in now is going to have to rebuild this. Rehaul everything. Yeah. Yep. Which is frustrating because as much as Patricia says, that's what he had to do. He didn't, he came into a team with a lot of talent. So, well, that's my frustration. Somebody who's available now to maybe take over the Lions job is somebody by the name of Bill O'Brien. So, Bill O'Brien was fired uh, earlier today by the Houston Texans. Um, do, what were your initial thoughts when you saw that news? Jealousy. <laughs> um, <laughs> jealous that there's a team with an owner who actually gives a crap about winning. Um, this, I mean, it's a bold move in some sense, but it's also like an obvious move to make. Right. There's a reason why everybody was saying he's on the hot seat. And I think that's a move you make when you think that you have a team who can win now and you don't have time to waste. Um, so I respect the move from Tennessee or uh, from the Titans. Sorry. Um, yeah. It's it's funny, though, because as the you Texans. look at him. Yeah. The fact that they do they win 10 games last year. Um, I don't remember, but Adam, but Adam Schefter actually tweeted this out and I loved this, how he just said something to the effect of imagine being bill o'brien and being up 26 to nothing against the kansas city chiefs and the a- afc was that the championship Divisional. game 
Well, no. championship game was the Titans, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, so the divisional round. Yeah. Like, imagine being up by that, you know, 26 to nothing on the Chiefs, AFC divisional round at halftime or whatever it was. And mm-hmm. someone comes to Bill O'Brien and whispers, you'll never win another game. <laughs> like, imagine yeah. I- imagine that. That's insane, right? Yep. Especially with whatever you think of Deshaun Watson. He obviously is a good quarterback. Yeah. Having a good quarterback, some talent on the team, yeah. It's just interesting. I Looking at their perspective, I think it's the right move. Um, it's but definitely the right move. He is a better coach. Like, as much as I wouldn't want him on the Lions because I think long term he's not a good option, but he's a better coach and GM because he was both, <laughs> right? Yeah. For uh for, for Houston. Texans, yeah. He's a better he's a better coach and GM than the ones the Lions have. Um I, I guess I get why there's frustration with him, but the fact that he was able to make the playoffs with Brock Osweiler. Yeah, like, true. He can coach. <laughs> he might be an inconsistent coach. He might not be able to take you to the next level. I mean, um, in fairness, he got more flack for the DeAndre Hopkins trade than any other yeah. Than any other coaching decision, really, at least from my experience. And obviously, we're not Texans fans. We don't live really in the vicinity of Texans fans. So maybe there, I'm sure there's Houston fans that have several examples, probably, of mm-hmm. times where his coaching was just idiotic. Um, but, I mean, how, if you're the Texans, if you're upset with his GM decisions, you can't fire say, you know, we're firing you from being the GM, but you're still the head coach. Yeah. Like you You kind of just need to move on. Yeah. Yeah. Um so my yep. thoughts on this were um <laughs> there was <laughs> it's actually really ironic that it happened or coincidental because well no, it's ironic because people on Bears Twitter today were going around saying, you know, hmm, the Texans are 0 4. I wonder how much the Bears would have to give up for Deshaun Watson and (laughs) people were saying huh I want you know with Bill O'Brien you could probably get away with you know here's a second round pick for Deshaun Watson (laughs) yeah Um, and people were throwing together some actually like packages I feel like probably he would have gone for like packages where it's like Hmm. you know this year's first rounder Mitchell Trubisky and uh like Anthony Miller or something like that I could see him going for that, to be honest with you. Um, and so Bears fans, not long after that, those like rumors were flying around is when he got fired and all Bears fans were like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Our one shot to get to Sean Watson. Actually, yep. they're our second shot to get to Sean Watson. And because <laughs> the first was the draft. Yep. Um, but uh, no, for me. I do think it was the right move. I didn't, didn't expect it when it happened. I know the Texans are 0-4. They've played they've played the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Steelers before playing the Vikings, right? Yeah, which and that is a tough start. I, I mean, <laughs> they're playing. But the Vikings' loss was bad. Yes. it's And this is my one quick moment to just kind of harp on Vikings fans. There were Vikings fans. I, I just loved this. There were Vikings fans on Twitter that were like, I'm surprised that they fired him after losing to the Vikings, basically implying the Vikings are a good team and you should expect to lose to the Vikings. (laughs) Right. Another tough loss as if like 
the yeah. yeah they had a really brutal four game stretch as if they're another tough team right <laughs> <laughs> so you I guys are the jets of, of the nfc yeah like <laughs> calm down <laughs> Okay, that's a little extreme. <laughs> nope. Have you looked in the NFC East at all? <laughs> that's true. The one, Man, two, I and one Eagles are in uh, first place. I wish the Lions played in the NFC East. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh. Dude, the Bears, yeah, I mean, if the Bears were the only NFC cent- NFC North team to go to the NFC East. Oh, you'd clinch the playoffs and you'd clinch the now, division in three weeks. Next week, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, it must be nice. Um, yeah. Huh. So, dude, it's it's, un- this is totally getting off of Bill O'Brien, but it is crazy to me that the Eagles, for as bad as they've looked, for winning one game against a banged up Forty ers team, are now in first place. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And for for tying a a <laughs> Bengals team, <laughs> a bad Bengals team. Yeah, right. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's funny. So, well, one but, last thought on Bill yeah, O'Brien is how bad is that job right now like who's going to want to take that Houston job because you remember well, next two two positions open oh, right <laughs> well, next year with the draft i believe the dolphins have their first and second round draft pick oof because remember that was the Laramie Tunsil trade yeah. um so yeah imagine going into there they've just traded away hopkins they don't have draft picks next year. Well, at least you they have their running back of the future. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, respect to him. He has played pretty well this year, but, yeah, but I mean, everybody knew they lost that trade. Yeah. Yeah. By the um, way, I with that have with that trade having happened, I don't think anybody ha- expected David Johnson to score the first touchdown of the NFL season. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I remember watching that and being like, "Oh, oh. Cool. You almost forget he played for them. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. It's a very 2020 thing, I feel. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, those are interesting thoughts. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, so we still have more NFL to talk about just because the NFL brings a lot of crazy stories. And so the next thing is just COVID mm-hmm. and how that's continued to affect the NFL. So we're recording this on Monday night, and we're currently watching the Packers game, unfortunately. But – the um w- quick score updates 27 to 16 oh it's Packers closer than yeah with about 13 minutes left in the fourth hmm. so if the falcons can do to the packers what every team has done to the falcons we should be in good shape and the falcons just scored a touchdown so yeah that's making it closer than it had there just you go. been so yeah um but yeah. the that was the re- only monday night game except for the fact that cam newton Got t- tested positive. Yep, and it forced the Patriots Chiefs game to be postponed all the way from Sunday to Monday. Mm-hmm. It's insane. A Huge whole twenty four hours. Oh my yep. word. <laughs> um, so there's that, and then the Titans obviously are a story just because their game this week against the Steelers was canceled yep. or not po- is postponed uh, to a beca- bye week makeup or something. Yeah. Yep. It was postponed due to their COVID. Good news on the Titans front. They've been clean since, I think, yesterday. So there's some hope around the league that their game next week against the Bills will happen. Okay. And the Titans really are a story for us this year because they play the NFC North. They already played the Vikings. They still have to play the Packers, the Bears, and the Lions. But our teams face them. And that's why the Titans are a big story that do pertain to us. 
And it didn't um, look good there for a while. It looked like the kind of thing, kind of like the Cardinals, where I thought things are going to really snowball. Like, yep. you had positive tests. Then it seemed like it was, wasn't was up it to, like, 18 ca- players oh, quarantined yeah. at yep. one point. I was like, this feels like the kind of thing that could drag out for weeks. Um, so, hopefully, yeah. it looks like they've got things under control. But, um, yeah. So, I just want to talk about the, the Patriots-Chiefs game. Um, people were saying on Twitter... And I retweeted something about this, actually, about how if Pat Mahomes tested positive, that game would have been postponed. But because it wasn't Pat Mahomes, they marched forward. And I I retweeted it, and I said, that, unfortunately, sounds very on-brand for the NFL. Hmm. It has, to me, very much like Colin Kaepernick vibes in my head, where it's like, Mm. you know oh here's this important issue but it's not really that important of a player so we're just gonna kind of keep going yep you know march march on business as usual Mm. um and so i feel i've it's frustrating and people are actually bringing this up too because last week people forget that on friday before the the friday before the bears falcons game a falcons cornerback tested positive Mm mm-hmm and was out for the game against the Bears. Yep. Well, in theory, shouldn't the rest of the team probably have been exposed to that cornerback? Right, because they, uh, I don't know if it was a home game or not, but if not, they're flying together. They're it, was, it, was, it was a home together. game. Okay. But, yeah. you, I don't know, there's so, much, there's so many things, and I guess I'm, I, I've raised questions this entire pandemic, and again, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't think it's a hoax. But I do think there's a lot of approaches we've had to it that just there's something off about it to me. That just mm. there's a logical disconnect. So maybe I just don't understand it. I'm not sure. But to me, yeah. uh, it would seem that if a player on your team has it, that most of the other people, at least on that side of the ball, are probably exposed. Right? You, it would it would seem. Yeah. Um, but. The NFL has like a rule with their whole trackers that to be exposed means you have to be like inside the six foot space for like 15 minutes or more, which is ridiculous. That's like, like yeah. how 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 close are these players actually? Yeah. Um, but even furthermore, I'm waiting. I, I'm just waiting for the story to come out that Cam Newton had a false positive. Do we not do imagine? we not remember preseason Matt Stafford yep. test positive? Oh wait, yep. no, it's false positive. That one day, tons of Bears players, tons of players from around the league and coaches testing positive. Oh, you know what? So many of them are actually false positives. Well, even are, this week against the the Lions Saints game, the Saints fullback tested positive like less than 24 hours before the game was going to start. And people are scrambling. He gets another test, and it's negative. So the game's still yeah. on. But that game, if they retested and he was still positive, because they had flown to Detroit, that game would have been canceled. Um, so, yeah, I mean, false positive. Thankfully, that was caught. Actually, not playing that game wouldn't have been so bad. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, like you said. But scheduling-wise, you know. Yeah, you almost forget about how much the season can be derailed in a short amount of time um because well, thankfully most teams haven't been super affected by it yet but yeah. it's concerning when you well i mean baseball like it's easy to just be like okay we're gonna schedule a few double headers yeah. but for football 
you can't say, all right, players, we're going to do a doubleheader today. <laughs> yeah, you guys can play Sunday and one on Monday. <laughs> the, cl- the closest you could do to that is to play four total quarters, but each quarter counts for a game, and that's unfair. <sighs> can you imagine? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or not? Or sorry, each half counts for a game. That would be your doubleheader. So yeah. like, That'd be if the bear, if the Bears and the Packers missed both of their matchups due to COVID, if you had to, I suppose mm. you could be like, all right, the Bears and the Packers are going to play a four quarter game, but each half is going to count for one game. <laughs> That'd be wild. <laughs> or play a game that that counts, and at the end, rock paper scissors for the second <laughs> game. <laughs> all right, I kind of want to see this now. <laughs> Best out of fifty. Yeah. All right, my final um my final NFL bit I wanted to talk about and this is more just a comedic beat, but props to Golden Tate for standing up for his sister. Did you see this? I didn't see this. I don't know what this is. So, there was a fight at the end of the Rams Giants game. Okay. Between, I heard about that because they were looking to see who threw the first punch and everything. Yeah, it was between Golden Tate and Jalen Ramsey. Well, over the summer Jalen Ramsey, who was dating Golden Tate's sister, knocked her up and then broke up with her after three months of pregnancy. Classic. So Barstool Sports actually tweeted out the fight and said, Golden Tate is a good brother. And yeah. Good <laughs> job, Golden Tate. Yeah. yeah. Golden Tate was one of my favorite Lions players ever. He was only on the team for a few years, but yeah, really good player. He was on Notre Dame before I was a fan, but I know a lot of people that, like my brothers-in-law, really liked Golden Tate too, so... He had that classic moment where he catches a touchdown, I think against Michigan State, and falls into the band. <laughs> yeah, it's just, funny. yeah, he was a really good player, so. It's funny, though, that he's standing up for that when you've told me that there were rumors that he was knocking up, or... <laughs> Russell Wilson. <laughs> sleeping with Russell Wilson's <laughs> wife, yeah. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll dig it more into that conspiracy theory, yeah. <laughs> there was, yeah, because there were rumors that's why he was traded, so. Yeah. All right. Quick hockey note, Robin Leonard, uh, goalie for the Vegas Golden Knights, was extended, like a five-year well extension. Yep. Yeah, the dude was lights out this uh, postseason, even though the Knights did get uh, ousted from the playoffs by the Stars. I have been a Leonard fan ever since he was on the Blackhawks last year. I really, really liked him, and then he got traded. Um, so I'm really happy for him. And that's all we have to say about that. Yep. Like Forrest Gump, just a short <laughs> That's little... That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> just a short little <laughs> NHL beat. But yeah, recognition right. deserved for sure. Next, we want to get into the NBA Finals. So we are at 2-1 to one Lakers uh, with... I can't. I honestly can't believe the Heat pulled out a win without Dragic... Oh, wow, I can't even speak. <laughs> Dragic and Bam. Yeah. When I saw those two were out for Game 3, I was like, well, that's the series for sure. Mm-hmm. And I thought the Lakers were going to go up 3-0, but Jimmy Butler decided to have a triple-double. <laughs> yeah, put the team on his back. Yeah, I, I still think this is like a five-game series, maybe six. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I got to give props to Butler for what he did to keep his team in it. Um, and then just interesting, too, LeBron walking off the court at the end of the game. Some real bad boys vibes. <laughs> right. I didn't hate this. Like, everybody's going to overreact. I do. Um, I guess my thought is just like, obviously emotions are high. It's a competitive game. He's a a big competitor, and he's always kind of been a heel in some ways, like somebody who, um, kind of just rubs some people the wrong way. I don't really have a problem with that. Um, but maybe that's I, just partly because I like the storylines and the drama. So I don't know. I mean, the drama is definitely fun, but for me. 
just look, I'm I know I'm a Bulls fan, and so it looks bad when I harp on the LeBron hate, I guess, but for me it's just like you want to talk about being the greatest. And there's a lot of stats that would support that you are the greatest, but stuff like this is just not to me what the greatest leaders do. Hmm. Like stand there and I don't know, stand there and take it. It's a, it's a freaking loss. Like you're walking off the court with your tail between your legs. Like Hmm. take the law. It's not like you got blown out. Yeah. Like it's a loss. Just take it, man. I it's, it's frustrating to me that he can do, he, he can do that. And then the Lakers, if, they go on and win this series in five that everybody around the country will be like, oh, LeBron, that cements LeBron is the greatest of all time. It's just like hmm. people get out of here. Like, I, I don't know. It's hard. It's just hard for me to. Okay, just a quick side note. Rogers is a little shaken up right now. <gasps> you just not, get sacked or what? He, he did get sacked like for a big loss in the kick to field goal. He's like definitely he not. Off, he just looks a little off or something. He's definitely not actually like super injured, but he was like on the sideline. He was s- slow to get up. He's on the sideline, like trying to sh- stretch his legs in a certain way that you can tell is not normal that he would do. Hmm. So, well, this few this more, few more of those Falcons. Over. Yeah, with this game <laughs> being close to over, I'd imagine he might not play anymore in the game. Yeah. But yeah, huh? Um. But yeah, so I I have a big problem with LeBron doing that. Yeah. And to me, I know the rest of the Lakers players followed him, but that's that's even worse. That's a, just a bad example of being a leader. To be honest, based on my read, the reactions of the other Lakers players, they kind of seemed a little surprised that he just walked off the court. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I I really did not like it. I think it is a bad look for for legacy. It, it makes you seem like a diva. It, mm-hmm. it really does. And you want to be talked about as the greatest. And I don't think it's without I, – I think he's debatably the, the the best. But if not the best, he's at least number two, if I'm being mm-hmm. honest. Yeah. But doing that kind of stuff will cement you as number two. Jordan, mm. ne- like, from my, from what I, I – I know I wasn't really into sports. I was barely alive when Jordan – was on the bulls mm-hmm. but from my understanding from watching everything never once did i hear about jordan walking off the court because the game was all, the game was basically over yeah i think I it's it's something that comes in the conversation when you talk about legacy and what it means to be the greatest so that's fair um yeah yeah it's just, i guess for me it's frustrating because i know the lakers are going to win this series and I know that when they do, you're going to have fans all across the country. They're going to be talking about how LeBron is the greatest ever. And first of all, it's just like he, you still – I don't care that you played in 10 finals. You still lost way more finals than you've won. You don't even have – he still won't – he'll still be two games below 500 in the finals. He'd be four and six, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's – I mean, it's, it's a, definitely an accomplishment to play in the finals. But mm-hmm. – and like – I know Michael Jordan's undefeated in the finals, and I get, I get it, but I, I think four and six is a little. I mean, come on. I mean, Tom Brady lost, but he's still six and three. Yeah. Nine Super Bowls—that's insane. 
that's more impressive to me. It is way finals. more impressive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Huh. But in any case, yeah. I, I, I guess for me, my frustration is that he does this and then immediately will get praised by ESPN <laughs> and everyone else as the greatest ever. And it's just doesn't seem like that to me. I gotcha. All right. Now he's stretching his foot. And there's a trainer there. Please be turf toe. Turf toe is one of those ones that it just they seems s- like it lingers around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right, listener. That was me cheering for an injury on this podcast. <laughs> we are not above cheering for an injury <laughs> when it comes to a select few players. And Basically, just Rogers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. All right. Lastly, the MLB playoffs. Uh, this is relevant, obviously, for me with the Cubs. The yep. Cubs it is kind of a swan song in many ways mm-hmm. from the 2016 team. Uh, I think very firmly this is that was the last game that you really see the core as the core. Yep. Um, Especially if you consider Leicester part of the core. Yeah, like... Well, yeah. I'm going to get to that in a second, um, okay. but... Just no scoring whatsoever. It's just frustrating how everything happened. Um, couldn't they? They got they scored one run the whole series. Yeah, though in the two games, it's just you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, they weren't the worst scoring team in the league in the playoffs because the Reds didn't score at all. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's just, it's still silver it's just, lining. Yeah. Um, when you have a lineup that has Rizzo and Bryant and Baez and Contreras and Schwarber and you score one run, yep, that's ridiculous. Um, so to kind of get into the, what this might look like moving forward, because all my energy about the Cubs is gone at this point. Mm. Like if we were recording over the weekend, I might vent about it for a long time. But at this point, I'm done with it. Um, and it, a lot of it really is because they just did what I expected. They had really yeah. good pitching. Ian Happ played really well. They had really good defense, and they didn't score at all. Yep. <laughs> so definitely trends. even when yeah, yeah, even when you just give up a run or two runs, like in the seventh inning, the Marlins scored two runs, and immediately as a Cubs fan, you're like, "Well, that's game." Yeah, and that should never be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, moving forward, Theo Epstein met with. Tom Ricketts today, who is the owner of the Cubs, to discuss the future. Mm-hmm. Theo Epstein, yep. he's going into his last year of his contract, and the Mets have like a president job open of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of people were theorizing that Theo might go to the Mets to do that. But Theo Epstein confirmed that he's going to fulfill his contract. He'll be with the Cubs through 2021. For now, at least. That's all as far as he was willing to say. Um, but he did hint at changing up this core. And I think he knows that he has to. I think David Ross, as the manager, making that managerial switch was the last thing that he could have done in order to try to fix this offense without having to get rid of the pieces. And I think at this point, you have to. Um mm-hmm. The question now is, what will you get back? Because, unfortunately, a lot of these guys are at some of their lowest points in value in their careers. Yeah. So, I think the I think the Cubs, either way, will keep 
Contreras because by many metrics, and he improved this year a lot in pitch framing, by many metrics he's like the best catcher in the National League and among hmm. the tops in all of baseball, offensively and defensively. So I think they'll keep Wilson Contreras. Yeah, I think they'll keep Anthony Rizzo because he signed a team-friendly deal and he's older. You're not going to really get much for him at all. And then I think they will... Um, I think they will try to move Chris Bryant. I think they might try to move Javier Baez. Hmm. Uh, I think they might try to move Kyle Schwarber. I think they all three of those guys wow. I could see going. Um, I think they might try to sign someone like a Francisco Lindor, who's a free agent. I think they might try to sign Trevor Bauer, who's a free agent. Hmm. Uh, I I could see. I think the Cubs will be in play for all of the big, all of the big players. All of the big trades, the Cubs' names will be thrown around because they have wow. a lot that they need to change up. So not just a dump and rebuild over several years kind of thing, but like a swap where you're still looking to contend next year just with I whole think different it would personnel. Be a, yeah, I think it would be a dump. It would be a combination, right? You would trade huh. Bryant and Baez and Schwarber for prospects for the future, but then, then you sign. would sign Bauer and Lindor to improve your roster. Yeah. Right? So you think you're still – that's an interesting thing where a lot of times you see teams that dump these bigger players, bigger contracts, think these aren't the players we need to contend and we don't have enough. The window's kind of closed. It's time to rebuild. But by doing that, it's almost a bigger statement against those players. We yeah. are saying we still think we're a contending team that has a lot of the pieces we need, but these are not the right ones. We're swapping them out for something else. So what's up? The Falcons are down by 14. And Ryan threw a great pass to the end zone, and the Packers broke it up. Hmm. Um, yeah, that game was over. And it was on fourth down. Yep. No, but if he would have caught that, they would be down by seven with three minutes still. And Rodgers being questionable. Yeah, it's a good chance he might get that ball back. So, Dang huh. It. Classic Falcons can't do anything right. Well, with that, let's uh, – well, before we get into our segments, even though I really want to jump into this, mm-hmm. we have to take a quick break, but then we'll be right back for our, our segments. This is October, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Head to shop.shootyourshotsports.com. 100% of the proceeds of Pink Ribbon Gear goes towards saving them boobies. Let's go! All right. All right. So, I wanted to get into, before the break... Since we're, I'm frustrated about the Packers. I hate the Packers. I'll always hate the Packers. Um, we're going to do a Packers-themed draft days. So in draft days, as you guys know, we draft things, whether it's sports-related or not. This one will be very sports-related. And we're going to be selecting today our, uh, since we're watching this Packers Monday Night Football game, we're going to select our top five Packers that we would like to do abandoned on a desert island Mm. so we'll try to have a poll up on social media so you can vote however i will say the past few times i've tried to post a poll on our page i've had trouble and i don't know why there's like a a different there's a couple different ways you can do it it's kind of a weird thing the past few times i've tried to do it it's like glitched out and not let me post it so weird 
We'll look into there, that. There, see, there'll either be a poll or there won't be. That's what I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a poll, you can vote. So we need to determine who's going to select Aaron Rodgers first overall. So yeah, I mean you, that's the given, right? Can, so can how about you call it? I'll flip the coin. I've got it ready. All right, I'm gonna call tails. No, it is tails. All right. So my first overall pick is going to be Aaron Rodgers. Wow, no way. <laughs> I would like to abandon him on a desert island right now. Yeah, that would be great. I think um, I know who you'll pick next. Actually, maybe not. Okay. Okay. I won't ask you who you think it is because that might be your second pick. Um, okay. I don't know if you were thinking Favre. I mean, yeah. Is that who you thought? Okay. Actually, this is kind of a more recent one. I'm going to go Devontae Adams. Yeah. I mean, he's annoying too. Just because, okay, I have nothing really against him other that than the fact. That seems recency biased to me. Yeah, and it's the fact that I've had him on my fantasy football team the past two years. and Oh, that's true. He, last year, he had all the injuries with turf toe and all that. Um, and then this year, he's been missing games. And today, I had him on my roster. We talked about this before we started recording. He announced earlier today that he wasn't going to be playing. But at this point, I couldn't bench him because all my other players had played. I only needed like 17 points, I think, to win my fantasy football matchup. He was projected to have like 20 to 25. And then he – there's lots of words I could use for it. He <laughs> decides he should not play this week. Um, and again, it's with injuries, it's tough. But come on, man. Like Your injuries have cost me so many – fantasy football games over the past few years that yeah so this is a more personal yeah, pick. yeah. <laughs> and it's not anything with other than the fact he plays for the packers like all the players oh, will yeah. obviously yeah. in this draft nothing about him personally other than the way he yep. screwed me over in fantasy football so many times so all right well you make my second pick really easy for me then because i am going to pick brett Favre with my Man, second that's a, pick that's a good one too i've got some work to do <laughs> I feel like that's a move I, would I could glad- have waited on Adams and still got him in the later rounds. I would gladly abandon these gentlemen <laughs> in a desert <laughs> island. Would you – well, I'll ask this question at the end, but start thinking about as you could draft these players, what supplies or food, if any, would you leave them with at the desert island? Pair we're not, Wranglers. Since we're not totally – in a state farm insurance policy. <laughs> and a cell phone to take pictures. <laughs> Right. If you have any reporters you want to contact. <laughs> but since we're not total uh, monsters, we should decide something that we want to leave them on their desert mm. island. So okay. be I'll thinking be about that about as that. we finish this draft. Hmm. So who's your second pick? Another player who has just irritated me over the past several years. Um, this one is more just because he's a good player. But I'm going to go Clay Matthews. That's a really good pick. I was thinking that, too, at one point. Yeah. He's such a big name. I also just don't want to let him slip to you um, and have you stack those three names in front of each other through the most legendary <laughs> Packers. Yeah, I yeah. had to grab him. So, Well, I'm going to pick uh, another Packer that – I this might definitely be more recency bias, but I, I am so annoyed by him. And that is – I don't even – is it David Bakhtiari? Is his mm. first name David? Yeah. I just know it's Bakhtiari. That's a really good pick. I can't stand him. I think it's David Bakhtiari. I don't care. Dick Wad Bakhtiari. I almost for all hope I you care. got it wrong just out of disrespect. <laughs> I know. 
He's the one who had the hands to the face penalties against the Lions both times. Oh yeah. On him. Okay, so here's and just the deal. his smug attitude. Oh yeah, that. And first of all, he had the whole thing. He started that whole thing with like the d- different quarterbacks drinking beers. Yeah. At the games, and he did it at the Bucks playoff game, and he looked so like you know trying to be like tough guy he's lo- he looks like he's trying to mimic steve austin out there yeah all the packers fans are just like oh he's so amazing yeah the dude wears number 69 because he thinks it's probably really funny yeah and <laughs> he has he has long he has a long pony mane yeah. back there just like and then yeah all i've ever seen him do there's no wonder he's one of the best offensive linemen in the league because all he does is hands to the face and I've also seen him hold Khalil Mack mm-hmm. quite a bit. Like, he and Khalil Mack might make a baby one day because Bakhtiari is going to be held. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Bakhtiari, yep. I think I'm going to put him on a desert island and bury him there. <laughs> mm. Man, you've got some solid picks there. Um, Thank you. All right, this is kind of an older one. I think about this all the time. <laughs> this is an older one, but also somebody who – I feel like this is a player who, if he plays on your team, he might seem, like, lovable and fun. But if you if he plays for the Packers, it just comes off as annoying. And that's B.J. Raji. Yep, yep, yep. That's, yep. Just, like, the whole stomach rub thing he did. Yep. Um he had some big like interception. Uh, there was one against the Bears, right? A pick six. That was had. like the big one. Yeah. Yeah. It was in it, the NFC Championship game. And Packers fans just slobbing all over him after that. It's just, uh, mm, yeah, slobbing over a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's there's a reason they call him BJ. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right, my fourth selection is going to be somebody. I feel like I need to include on this list that I know you probably don't have the guts to include, and that's Charles Woodson. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. I wouldn't have put him on the list because he's the only Packers player I can tolerate, obviously, with, because <laughs> of his he's ties a Heisman to Michigan. defender from Michigan. Yeah, so. Yeah. So, yeah, I got to pick Charles Woodson just because he, I didn't mind him when he was on the Raiders, but once he's on the Packers, he can forget about it. Mm, yep. And unfortunately, he was just as effective on the Packers as he was on the Raiders and in, at Michigan. So, <laughs> all right. So, with this quick question, is it uh, our coaches fair game or no? Do it. Are you going to go with Mike McCarthy? I was thinking about it. That's why I asked. <laughs> I don't. I'm not as mad at him anymore that he's gone. But yeah, I mean, I'm not. I don't have a ton of anger towards him. Or I was even thinking like Bart Starr or something. Just. <laughs> But I have nothing personally against him either. Um, uh, R.I.P. Rest in pieces. Star. <laughs> okay, how about this? I got one. Um, I'm going to go Jimmy Graham. Oh, interesting. B- because he's played now for two division rivals. Uh-huh. He does kind of have that. Since we're in the later rounds, there's not as many clear ones for me. Uh-huh. Uh, but he is somebody who does kind of rub me the wrong way, the way he celebrates, all that stuff. Um, just because he plays for a rival team. And now that he's played for two, I feel like he should be on my board at some point. So, All right. So my final pick here, I really want to pick somebody like Zadarius Smith because I just <laughs> hear Packers fans the past like two years, two and a half years, all I hear them say is, oh, well, those Packers defense is actually really good. Oh, the Packers defense looks really good this year. Oh, Packers defense looks really good this year. And all 
I hear experts say is I don't think the Packers defense is as good as people think it is. Every year. Yep. Yep. And they're always right. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So I want to pick Zadarius Smith just for that. But I have nothing really personal against Zadarius Smith. So I'm going to go with Randall Cobb for my final Mm. selection. Um, I was tempted, and maybe this will give you an idea for somebody at the end. Maybe you already thought of this person. I was tempted to go with Donald Driver, uh, but I went with Randall Cobb simply because probably his most famous play was a like 50 yard reception in game week 17 that knocked the bears out of the playoffs and put the Packers in the playoffs. Mm. Um, when Chris Conti had his infamous blown coverage for the bears. Yep. Um, so Randall Cobb for sure. Also one of the Packers, one of my former coworkers, which Wayne, if you're listening to this, screw you in the Packers. <laughs> um, but he, he was, no, I really like him. Uh, except that he was a Packers fan. Um, and he was annoying about it a little bit, and he had a Cobb jersey, and it, that just adds to it. You know what yep. I mean? Anyway. Just a, that little personal touch. Yep. I just right. heard from that Aaron Rodgers was requesting uh, more dicks on the island, so I'm surprised oh, really? he didn't go with Ha Ha Clinton dicks. Um, that's just something I heard a personal request Ha Ha request Clinton he dicks, made. former bear. <laughs> right, yeah, true. <laughs> um, <laughs> that'd be another one who played for both teams. but um, So would Jim McMahon. Yep. All right. So I guess an honorable mention as I come here in my last pick, um, I thought about taking Jordan Love and putting him on the island <laughs> just so Packers fans would never get to see if he was worth it. Um, but I decided to go with Mason Crosby. Ooh, that's a good pick. Somebody who's been around for forever. And I personally really started hating him last year because he had that walk off field goal uh-huh. during that week three i think it was week three the hands to the face all yep. that stuff and then watching him celebrate he did the lambo leap after as if it wasn't the refs who had just walked the game off as if it was him personally who you know yeah he made the final kick but that game was over when those penalties yep. flags were thrown that just rubbed me the wrong way um so since he's so closely tied to one of my worst packers memories he's got to be on the island yep i i think those i i understand all your picks yeah <laughs> Well, all those pretty honestly most of those players i would have had as people i would have selected other than jimmy graham yeah because even when he, even if he was still on the packers he never really did much on the packers because the packers just didn't really use him yeah um the, really the only other person was donald driver mm. that we mm. mentioned um also John Kuhn, just a little bit, just because yeah, I thought about every that. time he touched the ball, which <laughs> usually it was for, yeah, it was like for a third and one yeah. or something like that, because all he was good for is a yard. Yeah. And people were like, Kuhn. Yeah. Just get <laughs> As out he of runs here. for another two yard game. That's racist. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, who was the other? Oh, Eddie Lacy was another one I was thinking oh, about. Yeah. But he became more of a joke because of his... Yeah, if he was on the island, he'd actually survive for quite a while because he had plenty of body fat to keep him going. Maybe. He might also... He might not, though, because the other guys on the island might kill him first because he has the most to <laughs> go around. Yeah. that's It's one of those things where, like, because he was such a joke at the end of his career there, that it, that didn't bother me as much, you know? So, 
a lot of this is like players that are good and also yeah or like had big plays against my team there was so here's a quick story since we're kind of talking about this um in high school uh i was on a high school trip with my youth group and we were at a beach and um it was me and a couple other guys with a couple girls and we were uh we basically were discussing mary f kill yep but we were doing it specifically on a desert island and so it was more of if you were on a deserted island with these people who would you marry who would you what was it who would you marry who would you eat because this is a this was a youth group trip, so right, right. you can't have different F. options. Yeah. yeah, who would you marry? Who would you eat? And maybe, maybe it was just kill. I don't remember what the third option was. Yeah, but I know and remember it was marrying. Who would you eat? Because <laughs> I was thrown in as one of the options, and both girls selected me to be the one to be eaten because I'm oh. the largest person <laughs> available. <laughs> and the one person actually was like a good friend of mine, and she was like. Kyle, no offense, but you have the most to offer for food. You probably <laughs> last <Jeez>. the longest. <laughs> like, man, you put way too much thought into this on, yeah, a beach trip where this yeah. could happen. <laughs> yeah, look, I know my shirt is off, but <laughs> dang. Anyway, so <laughs> with this desert island, is there anything we want to leave these fine collection of gentlemen with? Hmm. Um, other than a middle finger. <laughs> a big block of cheese and a giant <laughs> dildo <laughs> uh yeah i'm trying to look through the roster to see if there's any specific we can a leave woodson bl- i actually Heisman really trophy. like a big block of cheese a, a giant wheel of cheese. a wheel of cheese <laughs> they can fight over because <laughs> it's a desert island so it's probably gonna melt and get moldy and yeah a giant yellow flag that can be used as a tent of some sort <laughs> i like that one too yeah and their sleeping bags are zebra striped yep good good reminder for them i like that theme of better yeah. days yeah. huh i Some like insulin of, yeah to remind them of their diabetic fans <laughs> <laughs> i like all of those and i think also a uh a Vince Lombardi fedora and trench coat mm. mm-hmm. would be appropriate for them to be given. And the trench coat will be fun for Brett Favre when he decides to flash all the other guys <laughs> yeah. on the island. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> never wearing anything except the fedora and the <laughs> trench coat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have a fun Packers themed party. Yeah. You know what? If if any Packers fans do end up listening to this episode, they're probably going to be like drooling at the thought of being on this island with all these people. Yeah. <laughs> so it's got this sounds like the most unpleasant group of people to ever be on an island with. But you know there's a bunch of people in Wisconsin that would kill to be with all these people <laughs> at one time. Yeah. Huh. Rogers, Favre, Bakhtiari, Woodson, and Cobb. The other island, Adams, Matthews, Raji, Graham, and Crosby. I gotta be honest, I would be I would like to be there for maybe an hour max just to say I was there with all these people. Yeah. But I definitely wouldn't want to be abandoned there. <laughs> no. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so. Huh. Ugh. All this right. Question well, question makes me feel gross. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of the Packers, let's talk about UF and idiot. There you go. Yeah. So 
Every week, we select an absolute moron from the past few weeks in sports and shout about them in this segment. So, first, I originally had actually Golden Tate on the mind for this, but I put mm. down Matt Nagy's play calling. Or, no, it wasn't Golden Tate. It was Jalen Ramsey for being an idiot for impregnating Golden Tate's sister and that whole story. Yep. But yep. instead... Here, real quick. Keep going. I'll be right back. Okay. Um, instead, Matt Nagy and his play calling is my effing idiot. And this is why. Um, so many unexcusable, un, just, just unacceptable plays. Plays where you're like, what are you doing? Um, so one of the greatest examples that comes to mind is the Cordero Patterson run on third and one right after the third quarter ended so you start the fourth quarter with a third and one and you rush Cordero Patterson up the middle and I'm going to get into more of the rushing here in a second um there was that questionable play questionable plays like hey Nick Foles chuck it down the sideline to David Montgomery hey let's throw a jump ball to Cordero Patterson who's never been known to have good hands um so many just questionable decisions, but I think the oh there's a there's a play after a timeout in the second quarter. The Bears run a play where Nick Foles has miscommunication apparently with David Montgomery, and Nick Foles runs for like a half a yard and gets tackled. Yeah. Just and that was it. I was a bad play, but it was after a timeout. You burned a timeout, presumably to reset on offense, and that's the play you draw up. I don't know what that was. I don't know. And how do you come out of that misunderstanding? I don't know whose job that is to communicate that, but I would think it all leads back to Nagy. And I'm a big Matt Nagy supporter in, his ter- in terms of a coach, but his play calling is what is the idiotic part. And here's the most idiotic part. It's been pretty widely known so far in his career that David Montgomery is unsuccessful in running out of the shotgun. Nick Foles is less successful in running plays out of under center. So I kid you not in the third quarter, uh, the bears ran, I think I heard 13 passing plays and only two running plays. Both running plays were under center and 11 of the 13 passing plays were in from the shotgun. So when you leave the third quarter and you start the fourth quarter lined up under center at third and one, everybody knows that you're nice going to run the ball. Yep. Yep. And Matt Nagy, last time I checked, I thought you with your brainiac offensive genius mind, Andy Reid offense, I thought the last thing we were supposed you were supposed to be was predictable. Mm-hmm. I thought what whatever happened to 2018 when Akeem Hicks is running the ball or when you throw a pass to Bradley Sowell, an offensive lineman who lines up as a tight end. Like, what happened to those plays? What happened to some of the trickery or some of the con- you know confusing, uh, confusing motions and misdirection? Yeah. yeah. What happened to all that? And you just run up the middle with Cordero Patterson. What was that? Um. Mm-hmm. So that was super frustrating. And I guess just what's frustrating and what makes his play calling idiotic is it just it just was super like i said predictable the bears have yet to score this year in the third quarter 
Yeah, I saw. They're that. being outscored twenty-seven to nothing in the third quarter. Now they're outscoring their opponents like forty-seven to six or something in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. That's great, but you cannot, Matt Nagy. Why are you waiting till the fourth quarter to open your playbook? Yeah. What like that should be? I I know that some of the fourth quarter stuff is like desperation, and sometimes desperation is successful because the defense doesn't have a chance to rest, and they're just trying to pr- play prevent more than mm-hmm. anything. But there's something that works more in the fourth quarter for these Bears than works any other quarter of the game, and I don't understand why. You need to fix it. You need. I I've been starting to get more and more convinced when Bears fans complain that it the Bears can't play a quote unquote complete game. I'm being more and more convinced that it's not the quarterback. It's not necessarily the offense or the defense. It's Matt Nagy and his play calling. He is too inconsistent to call a complete game. And that's why this is the first week of probably many where I'm going to call for Matt Nagy to stay as the head coach of the Bears because he's 23-13 and 13 as mm-hmm. the Bears head coach. But you need to surrender your play calling to the offensive coordinator. Yeah. You need to. It needs to happen because – your I, I don't know if it's because the task of being the head coach and OC is like too much. I don't know, mm-hmm. but it I don't know. I I'm not happy with his play calling on Sunday, and I was even more mad that Bears Twitter was blaming Matt Nagy more than Nick Foles just because they were giving Nagy all the credit when Trubisky was struggling, and now I'm right. getting back into my vent session. I should stop. No, it, what's frustrating for Bears fans and for Lions fans is when both of our coaches, the weakest part of their team is the part that's supposed to be the head coach's strength. You know, Nagy's yep. supposed to be a great play caller, and, Trubi- or, and uh, Patricia is the self-proclaimed the defensive, yeah, defensive genius. genius. Yep. And then for both teams, that's the part that's consistently struggle. Um, obviously, things aren't as bad for the Bears as they are for the Lions, but I can understand some of that frustration. So, Well, some of that... Some of that for the bear, that those teams might just come down to personnel, like yeah, the Lions clearly have the better quarterback and probably the better receiving core overall. Yeah, but and the Bears, the Bears clearly have the better defense. So. Right, and yeah. so the teams aren't even built to fit those coaches' strengths. True. Anyway, I'm not trying to give them a pass. Right, right. And then, if anything, you just blame the GM then for that. Because then you either have the wrong coach or haven't built the team well for that coach, you know. So, yeah. Oh, man. Frustrating. So, who's your effing idiot? Okay. Mine is also from the NFL weekend and from the the Lions game. And it'd be so easy to name basically anybody involved with the Lions right now. But this is going to be one that may not be as well known or noticed. But Jonathan Vilma, former Saints player. Who called, I think this was his first game uh, as the color analyst, but he was in the studio or in the Excuse booth. Excuse me. <laughs> what? That is. <laughs> in a, yeah. How, would, well, how dare you call him that? <laughs> He's okay. a person just like you and I. <laughs> that, okay. True. But he is not a good analyst. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not that analyst. he won't be a good one <laughs> or that his thoughts were bad, but. And it wasn't just me thinking this as like an angry Lions fan. He was very biased. Where are we at? Oh, That's wow. the final score. 
fantasy football 48 to 152 <laughs> so pretty easy win for you this yep. <laughs> 48 so Dak Prescott scored more points in fantasy this week than his whole team <laughs> I think not quite more but didn't you say oh I thought I it was 49 it, high maybe, 40s I want to double check this now Sorry, side note, go ahead. No, it was definitely 40-something. But anyway. 43, um, 43 and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, maybe he'll be a great analyst, but part of being a good analyst is being unbiased. And multiple people on Twitter I saw uh, responding to the game were making comments. There were people making comments, he's doing a good job. And he had, as a former player, I like the insights that former players provide when they're breaking down games so there were things he did well like that but he was very clearly biased for the saints as he called the game like almost to the point where he was like seemed like he was holding in cheers every time the saints did something well and the lions would do something well when it rarely happened and he would just not even say anything um so it just got old i mean that's why a lot of cubs fans don't like joe buck announcing baseball yeah and it's just like, okay, we get it. He said multiple times during the game, yeah, Drew Brees is my favorite teammate I ever played with. It's like, okay, we get it. You played for the Saints. You love Drew Brees. Like, can you try to call a, a, an unbiased, objective game? Because yep. you, in case you haven't noticed, you don't have a jersey on anymore. You know. Um, so this isn't the most frustrating thing that happened this weekend for football, but I've talked enough about the actual game. Just thought I needed to mention at some point that – it's very irritating to listen to a game. The Lions already have no primetime games this year. So yeah. we're already not getting much national attention, deservedly. But watching a Lions game is already, we're like a level below the attention and the analysis that the rest of the league gets. So having a, a clearly biased commentator during the game was very irritating to the point where I had to mute it at several points. I was just like... I'm just, can I just watch the game and like get my own thoughts at this point? Because I don't want to hear any more about your glory days with the Saints. Just stop. <laughs> I totally can relate to that with certain announcers that you hear. Yeah. Um, but, uh, hey, <laughs> this is just funny. Mm. So I, I'm on Twitter right now looking at just news from, or like Bears Twitter basically responding to the Packers game. And someone tweeted and said, the Bears and the Packers both put up 30 against the Falcons. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I think the his point is just that maybe the Bears are just as good as the Packers. Which yeah, right. <laughs> probably not true, unfortunately. <laughs> you never know, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I'll admit I was one of those people who thought the Packers, I still think they're a beatable team. And I, I still do don't, I don't think they're a Super Bowl. I, I wouldn't say they're not a Super Bowl contender, but I don't think they're a Super Bowl like they're they're a level below some of these other they're not to where obviously the Chiefs are, but I don't even think they were to where like the Ravens are. Um Yeah, but I don't know. Who else the Seahawks in the, the NFC? The Seahawks is like the only other NFC team. Yeah. I don't me. know. I I don't expect the Packers to make the Super Bowl this year, but um I do think they're probably the best team in the division, but we'll see. So yeah, I think but a with lot the of that playoffs. depends on. I think a lot of that depends on the health of Devonte Adams and Aaron Jones. True. Yeah. Because I don't know if Adams is injured in the playoffs, and then you actually face a good team in the playoffs who knows how to shut down these other no-name receivers, then you're probably going to be in trouble. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway. Hmm. All right. Let's move on to our final segment of the night, which is sports acronyms. So, as always in this segment, we pick people from sports and give them an acronym based on their name that truly explains who they are. And then we'll analyze for your enjoyment. So, here we go. So, Man of the Michigan Hat, who do you have for your sports acronym? We've talked about him on al- already on the show, but Bill O'Brien, former Ooh. Texans employee. Um, <laughs> and his name actually stands for Ben Interesting, Lots of Losses, Owner Being Realistic and Involved, hmm. Expectations Now. Um, so again, as I read this, I'm just jealous of a team that has an owner who cares. Um, but yeah, he's had an interesting up and down tenure as coach, a lot of losses that not especially this year, (laughs) but, um, just losses that honestly they shouldn't have games. They shouldn't have lost. Um, but the owner's doing what needs to be done and they have expectations and it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward. So, yeah. What about you? What's your acronym? My acronym is Mitchell Trubisky. Have you heard of that guy? Yeah, he's like a backup somewhere, right? Yeah. Well, Mitchell Trubisky stands for must have impressed at the combine. He executes like a loser. <laughs> That's a little harsh. Yeah, tell me how you really feel. <laughs> Tragically, really underwhelming. The <laughs> I like this last bench is saved for the kid's year. Basically. <laughs> I it's a little you you know with these sports acronyms you gotta kind of make it work for right, you a right. little bit so just the words a little yeah so basically what I'm saying is he's gonna be a bench warmer for the rest of the year yeah probably for the rest of his career <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. um and I'm you know I'm somebody who likes to judge Mitch, Mitch fairly and I don't think it's fair to say he executes like a loser because he is one of the <laughs> hardest working quarterbacks by all. Everybody who's watched him knows that he's a really hard worker and he loves the game of football. I think the part of this acronym that sums it up the most, though, is tragically really underwhelming. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the essence of Mitchell Trubisky's career at this point. And he does, like you said, it is tragically because, well, obviously Bears fans want it to work out. But when you look at his career, there's a lot of things, those leadership qualities, the the work ethic. Yeah. some of those things, like even the athletic ability to run and things like that, like he has a lot of those things you look for. Um, but some guys just can't put it all together, or maybe there's um, some kind of mental block or something. But whatever it is, yep. it's not the kind of thing where he clearly is going to be bad, and everyone knew he would be bad. It is kind of tra- when you look at like a tragedy, you know, like um, yeah, what could have been, kind of. Yep. So. The the thing people have been saying is that is he a is he a bust or isn't he? And a lot of people have been saying he's not a bust. He's a disappointment because a bust would be like a Ryan Leaf or a Jamarcus Russell where this combination mm. of poor play with off the field problems compounds itself in a horrible, horrible, almost like memorably horrible career. Whereas Mitchell Trubisky was clean off on and off the field. He was a just a good guy who cared about his teammates, cared about his coaches, cared about the game, had respect for all of them, worked hard. Took a team just, to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, just didn't have the the talent or the, yeah, I guess, overall quarterback IQ that is needed for Matt Nagy's offense. 
Yeah, I agree. I, when I think of a bust, and maybe there's different ways to categorize it, but a bust is, to in my mind, like those players who played less than a full season in mm-hmm. their career who were also drafted just as high as Trubisky was. So, if You're anything, big- the fact that they traded up... But again, that's not really his fault. So yeah, uh, I don't know. Depends you, how you define it. You like a good bust, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> a huge bust. <laughs> All right. Well, the last acronym I have for you is Fanatics, and Fanatics actually stands hmm. for Find Apparel Now at this important clothing store. So mm, if you go to shootyourshotsports.com forward slash frustration nation, you can find a link to Fanatics, and Fanatics is your one stop shop for all your sports gear needs. They have Everything for every team that has ever existed, probably even a team like the Hartford Whalers. You can probably, mm-hmm. or the Atlanta Thrashers, both defunct NHL teams. Yep. I'm sure you can find gear for them on Fanatics because they are awesome. They have everything. So you can support the show by gearing up, getting yourself some swag, looking cool, and using our link, again, www.shootyourshotsports.com forward slash fanatic, no, forward slash frustration nation. Click the link to Fanatics, buy it through that link, and then we get a little cut of the proceeds, and you get a little discount. It works well together, so please do that. The other thing I wanted to tell you all about is Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Mm -hmm. Fantasy is a betting app that uses prop bets, and it combines prop bets with fantasy sports. So you can... You're basically choosing players, kind of assembling a team like you would in fantasy football, but you're assembling a team based on over-unders. Their over-unders are given point totals depending on how risky they are. And then in the end, you're put in the pool with a bunch of other people who are all playing the same contest, who've assembled their own teams of overs and unders, and whoever has the most points wins the the biggest portion of the prize pool. So that's at Thrive Fantasy. It's a really cool uh betting app i've never seen one like it before i really really like it Mm -hmm. um so i'd highly recommend you check that out and when you do go check it out and you sign up use our code fn fantasy at sign up and they'll match you up to 50 dollars with a minimum deposit of 20 or more so you basically get 50 dollars free if you put 50 in so that's a hundred dollars right there you can use to bet right away on those prop bets so do it, get in there, sign up, make sure you do it at sign up. If you wait until after the sign up, you'll miss the opportunity to enter our code. So enter the code FN fantasy at sign up. So you can get that extra when you put down at least 20. All right. So go play some fantasy sports, go buy some gear at fanatics. And that leads us into our silver lining. So man in the Michigan hat, do you have anything positive or uplifting to share or are you just a human black hole void of any emotion other than anger? I am a human black hole void of any emotion other than anger. Um, That's so not what true. I th- <laughs> well, what Didn't I thought you about- start a new job? Yeah. So what I was going to say is <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to say that at the beginning because for the past several weeks, what I've been doing is making my silver lining unrelated to sports, which <laughs> no- there's nothing wrong with that. Like sports isn't everything. Um there's more to life than that and everything else in my life is (laughs) no (laughs) everything else in life is going well right now so yeah i did just start a new job today it's my first day um but i'm frankly just tired of (laughs) constantly having anything good i have to say be about 
<laughs> your on non-sports life. topics in my personal life. <laughs> like, why do I have to do all the good stuff? When can some of my team start pulling the weight? Like, when can some of my team start contributing to my positive mood so that I can stop putting all the pressure on myself to be successful? Next week, next week you're going to be like, my silver lining is that I ate dinner tonight. Yeah. <laughs> My I had a delicious that, meatloaf tonight. <laughs> I still have power in my house. Like, yeah. How many times do I have to go through the positives that I have before my? I had a really start... solid poop today. <laughs> yeah, very few wipes were needed. It was very. <laughs> we were proud with how we executed that bathroom trip. Yep. Um, yeah, I was able to get through the first ten levels of Angry Birds in the one bathroom trip. Wow, yeah. <laughs> a lot of silver linings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it would just be nice to have some of my team start contributing yeah. to my positive energy. Um because again, lots of good stuff happening outside of sports, but it'd be nice to occasionally mention a sports silver lining since this is a sports show after all. Is um it? so, yeah, I guess Michigan will start playing again in a few weeks. That'll be my silver lining, but Well, speaking of sports shows, uh, I actually my silver lining mm-hmm. is pretty exciting news for me. Uh, I guess it's it it is technically sports related, even though I feel like it's more of a personal note than a sports note. Um, mm-hmm. but I have now started as the host of the Full Press Bears podcast. So that's a podcast I'm doing just on my own. I'm the only host, and I'm breaking down every bears game after the game and i'm previewing every game as well and i just started this week with the colts bears game so that my first episode is out now uh we're working to get it up in all your normal podcast places but for now if you want to take a listen to it i promise it's shorter than frustration nation it's like 30 minutes long um and it has a really sick intro and outro but mm-hmm. if you if you want to go check it out, it's on Spotify right now. Uh, I know you can find it there. Uh, I think we're trying to get it up. In, oh, and it's on Stitcher. Uh, the other place you can get it, if you really want to listen to it, uh, is on the Full Press Coverage app. So Full Press Coverage is the network that I'm a part of now with this Full Press Bears podcast. Uh, and they have a whole they, – they have a myriad podcasts of just – uh, they have a lot of NFL podcasts uh, there. They just didn't have a Bears one. So mm-hmm. I'm covering the Bears now over there. So you can check out my podcast again. That will be on either at Spotify, Stitcher, uh, FullPressCoverage.com, or the Full Press Coverage app, all of which you can find my podcast on. And very soon it will be up on Apple and Google Play and other places like that too. So please go support me there and check that out. Mm-hmm. And um, you can follow – if you're not following me on Twitter at kegeorge94, you should go follow me there because I'll be tweeting out a lot of stuff related to this new podcast gig as lo- as well as stuff related to Frustration Nation. And then also you could follow at Full Press Bears. Um, I actually don't run that account. The writer for Full Press Bears runs that account, and I'm just the podcaster, but there's still going to be a lot of information that we both kind of share. So if you're a Bears fan listening to this, definitely go follow at Full Press Bears and check out my new podcast. Thanks, awesome. guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely we'll be looking out for that. And, uh, yeah, really excited to see what that grows into and uh, to support you. So, yeah, like I like we were talking before the show. I do the like show, to I'll grow be... into things. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I'll check that out tomorrow, and yeah, we'll have uh, more news for that as you keep going. So and then yeah, and then starting exciting. starting on the next episode, man, Michigan hat. After having listened to my full press Bears episodes, he's going to come on and roast me. <laughs> Worst podcast I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what we're frustrated about today. What about you? Share your frustrations with us or about us at Real FN Podcast on social media or frustrationnation at shootyourshotsports.com. Go voice your frustrations and leave us a review. And if you're frustrated that this episode is over because you want to hear more, be sure to look for new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday everywhere you can get podcasts and be sure to subscribe. If you get as frustrated as we do or you just enjoy hearing us gab consider supporting the show on patreon for a monthly subscription or venmo tip jar for one-time donations every little bit helps even one dollar which is a 10.2 millionth of david johnson's cap hit this year after he was acquired by the texans in the now infamous deandre hopkins trade rest in peace to bill o'brien makes a big difference for us We appreciate the support. Now get out there and frustrate the hate. You know, something that would be good is we both, like I mentioned my Twitter there. We should, we should rework some of the script a little bit to include our Twitter handle since we're trying to grow that a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Where would we? I mean... Honestly, so, okay, wait, do we have anything funny to put here at the end? (laughs) That's what she said.